Hey everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping, the official podcast of MarvelSnapstone.com. I just want to ask you all for a favor before we jump into today's episode. If you are listening to this podcast on a podcasting platform, if you will leave a recommendation or a rating for us, that would be great. That just really helps us to get more traction with the podcast and reach more listeners who are interested in Marvel Snap. And if you are listening to this podcast on the Marvel Snap Zone YouTube channel, make sure you are subscribed to that channel. And if you wouldn't mind just liking the video as well as leaving a comment with your thoughts or questions on today's episode, that just will help us to reach more people, get more engagement with the podcast, and continue to grow. As always, I'm so thankful for the listeners. I didn't do this last episode. I totally forgot, but we just hit our 50th episode. This is our 51st episode. But I just want to thank you all for the continued support over the last... Uh, I don't know how many months it is at this point, nine, nine or 10 months. Really appreciate it. The podcast has grown so much. Uh, and I appreciate uh, all of you who are coming back each week to listen. So if you can just make sure you're, you're doing your part to support the podcast in those ways that I've asked for, that will just help us to continue to grow the podcast, do more with the podcast, and get more people listening to the podcast. Without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping, the official podcast of MarvelSnapZone.com. And we are at the beginning of the month, which means a new season pass. So we have a variety of topics to talk about today, as well as some things that we weren't anticipating talking about today, which we'll get to at the end, some surprise uh, announcements from Second Dinner that uh, came through earlier today at time of recording. So uh, we will talk in season pass. I am joined by a returning guest, uh, Drew Barry. Drew, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Michael. I, I love this podcast. I listen to it all the time on my commutes to work and everything like that. And what a time for Marvel Snap with the new season. So much to talk about. I love it. Yeah. And uh, some of the conversation uh, has been spicy online, to say the least, I think, with the latest season pass <laughs> and how people are feeling about it compared to other season passes. So uh, we'll dive right in. So we have a theming this month that co- coincides with a, a Marvel Cinematic Universe project, which is Ant-Man and the Quantumanium, right? So we have uh, Into the Quantum Realm as our season um, this month. And our season pass card is MODOK, which stands for, I'm trying to see if I can remember, I don't have it pulled up. Oh, gosh. Uh, machine <laughs> Only Designed something killing something like that yeah so I, I know <laughs> better than i could <laughs> i know it's uh yeah something i know the d is design m is machine and k is killing so you get the gist there but uh it's the little floating head sometimes you see and you're you know i've seen it in the past and it's not something it's not a character i've been as familiar with in the past and i'm just like who's this big head that floats around right yeah. um but Modok is a five cost, eight power card with the ability that says on reveal, discard uh, discard your hand. So all cards in your hand, um, which I think is an interesting card. Obviously, we haven't seen anything change with the discard archetype in a little bit. And I think that's interesting to get a little bit of an addition. But I think there's been some discourse online, thoughts, people are comparing this to other season pass cards, you know, saying it's worse better etc there's some strong feelings we'll, we'll get into that as we go here but let's just turn it over to you what are your what are your initial thoughts and takes on modok as a card here um yeah i i absolutely love the card to be to be totally honest with you i think you hit the nail on the head there that there hasn't really been a lot of discard 
cards that have been released since even just beta. I, I can't even really think of one or two at the top of my head. So um, it's nice to see that archetype get a little bit of love. And speaking on the discourse between, you know, some people saying, what I see most frequently is the lack of consistency with MODOK. And uh, I, I actually interpret that a little bit different. In my opinion, I think this might be one of the more consistent discard options that we have because uh, there's so much randomness with discard cards in general. I think they mostly have a problem with the archetype as a whole. Uh, just, you know, when you compare it to something like the Surfer craziness or the Zabu craziness that was going on, there's that's like consistency. Discard's just inherently random, you know, but at least with Modoc, you know your whole hand's going away. Yeah. Uh, so I really like it. So I don't know. I feel pretty good about it. Also, the jetpacks on the animation. Love sweet. it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I would agree with you there. I've actually had a lot of fun. And we'll, we'll maybe, you know, get a little more into the dissenting um, opinions here in a second. But I've had a lot of fun with Modoc. Uh, I agree with mm -hmm. you on the consistency. It's kind of like you know what you're getting, right? If you, if you play him, there's not going to be a lot of surprises where... Uh, you know, if you're playing Moon Knight, uh, you're playing, you know, um, Blade, right? Any of these other discard cards, it's just like, you know, we're just spinning the wheel. We're going to see what happens, where it lands, and you're crossing your fingers. Um, obviously, things like Colleen Wing and Lady Sif give you a little bit more control based on the cost of your cards. But still, if you have uh, two cards that cost the same amount, uh, you're just RNG again, right? Um, yeah. So I've had a lot of fun. Um, I'd be curious, uh, what kind of shell have you mostly been trying MODOK in or what, uh, what shell have you enjoyed the most with MODOK? Uh, probably I have to give it to, at this point, the Hella, MODOK, Invisible Woman, like that kind of strategy. Actually, what I remember when we had a conversation um, many episodes ago, I think back in October about randomness, mm -hmm. all things randomness, Hella, the discard was your number one deck that you were piloting. And at the time... I didn't even have Hella. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are, and I really like that deck. It's been working out actually pretty well for me, I find. The swing is big. Yeah. No, uh, I think that's one of the more fun options with this card, right? It's just because uh, so much can happen on that final turn when you get Hella out, right? Or, you know, after even the turn's ended with it revealing after Invisible Woman's effect uh, goes away. So I, I think that's a ton of fun. The, the one I've been playing the most is... Um, kind of the the dracula lockjaw kind of discard cycling deck so that that was kind of already a shell that a lot of people were playing uh you know you want to get uh um i almost said the wrong card you want to get he's a six power eight cost and he regenerates apocalypse sorry apocalypse abomination <laughs> was the name it was the same you know first letter and i was like that is not the right apocalypse which every time you discard him he regenerates in your hand with four more power right and so you want to get him in your hand. You want to get locked on the board. You want to be cycling through your discard cards. You want to get some free swarms. So that's kind of already something that people have been playing with. And so really you just switch out one card in that shell and you throw in Modoc to be kind of that consistent turn five. It's like, well, you know, maybe I haven't got that many discards on him, but I'm going to discard that swarm in my hand or the swarms I already have, and I'm going to discard him. And then I'm going to have a great turn six, right? Oh, uh, yes. And, and so I've really enjoyed that. Um, yes, it's not perfect, right? And there's times where I have to retreat or I foolishly don't retreat uh, because I yeah. say I have a 15% chance of winning this, so I better stay in. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but it's still been a lot of fun. Um, so I, I think it's been fun to just kind of get back into the discard archetype because 
you're right. You know, months ago, Hello was my game. That was that's what I was yeah. playing for like weeks and weeks and weeks, and probably probably almost two months. That was like my favorite deck, and I haven't played it as much lately. So this has got me back into playing something a little different, which I think at a high level is just something I enjoy about. You know, the season pass card is kind of makes you try something different than what you maybe been playing. Yes. Kind of gets you out of a rut. Um, but let's quickly let's kind of shift. I want to talk a little bit about some of maybe the the feelings that people have online again not everyone but just what i've seen um I, I think there's some strong feelings where the last couple season pass cards we've got zabu silver surfer which we'll talk about more at the end of the episode but they felt very strong and very like unique and kind of like you could build like a new strategy around and so everybody said yes i want that card i'm going to pay the money it's worth it um and i think people there are some people that are feeling a little disappointed and they're saying, you know, there's this variability in like quality or power level of the cards that you're getting in a season pass. And I guess I would just be curious, what's your take on that kind of a discourse that's going on? It's a really good point. A major concern, I think, with just how they've decided to monetize the game, which honestly, I, I enjoy the season passes. I think that the most value comes from the card, but there's still a lot of value to be had in the credits, gold, et cetera, variants, what, are, what have you. There's there's more to it than just the card, but everyone just sees the card and that's rightfully so, that's what you wanna play with. Um, it's funny because in being beta players, like we've been playing the game for a while, it, you're kind of used to it. There's been a lot of duds in season passes. Uh, I could look back to Nick Fury being a season pass card, and that was a bit, you know, mild or disappointing, you could say. Um, but then there's some crazy ones, uh, like the last two just happen to be very meta-defining. Um, so now we have one that's not so much meta-defining. Maybe people are passing. Maybe it loses their interest in the game because. That was the only money they're putting in. Series series five cards are so inaccessible, so difficult to acquire that now they're not really getting any new cards in that season and it's kind of disappointing. I, I want to throw a question at you, actually. Um, so I had a user bring this up as a, a potential way to change the season passes, maybe to encourage people to buy it more, maybe even uh, to just mix it up, mix the cards up, make it more exciting. What if... When they announce all the cards at the beginning of a season, you could choose the card that is in your respective season pass. So right now we have like the options of Kang, Ghost, uh, Stature, like a few of these cards that are set to release, including Modoc, and you could choose one of those and then you'd receive that one in your season pass. Diversifies collections, right? Because everybody would be getting a different card and I think Team Second Dinner is passionate about that. Um, and yeah, it could maybe mix up the meta. Puts the power in the in the in the players' hands because if they make you know the ch they're making the choice. If they don't love it, well, they made their choice and they got to deal with it, kind of thing. I don't know. I thought it was an interesting point. Yeah, I have a couple thoughts on that. Um, so I kind of look at it from two perspectives. But I try to look at it from the player perspective and then from the business perspective, right? From the player perspective, I think you know freedom of choice is great. You know, people will feel empowered. They'll enjoy it. I think that would be a positive change for a lot of people. A lot of people would enjoy that. Because it's like, well, you know, everybody's talking about this card, but I'm going with this one because that's the style of play I like, right? Um, and then you're still going to have options to get those other ones later because they'll go into Series 5. I think there's some logistical like, okay, how, which cards go into Series yeah. 5 on which week? Let's pretend that doesn't exist, right? Yeah. So, so, yeah, I, so I yeah. think people would like that. I think it would be, you know, people would say, yeah, this is a great change if that happened tomorrow, right? Um, I do think there's always that risk. People are always going to complain. 
right? There's always going to be oh, a yeah. minority that complains. And so it's going to be like, well, I got this one because I thought it was good, but it turns out it's really bad. And the other one that my friend got is way better. And now they're not giving me a refund or, you know, whatever it is it turns into. And so I think a lot of people would feel positively and it would be a good thing. But I think you're still going to have those edge cases where people are still going to feel they're not going to feel satisfied and they're going to feel upset um, with it because they're going to want to say, well, why can't I just get all the cards or things like that? Mm -hmm. Um, Looking at it from the business perspective, right? um, I don't think it would be like negative to their monetization, right? Um, You would think, right? You'd think, okay, people have more freedom, so then they're more likely to buy it. Ergo, they make more money, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's like, I think they would see it that way if that was something they were considering. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's like any downsides that like they would not do something like that. I mean, right? stepping back from my my opinions on it, I don't think they're going to do it anytime soon. I don't think this is something that's going to happen. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just theory. But uh, just because it's easier to just standardize, hey, everybody gets the same card. This is what you're getting. We'll do, you know, yeah. you'll get the season pass, you know, the rest of the cards in series five. But I think it's an interesting, yeah. an interesting take for sure. And, and I guess what it, the core, what it comes down to is I think people want the series five cards to be more accessible. Right. And so this is yes. one way to do that. Um, But I think no matter how they do that, I think the reality is we just want those to be more accessible and they, yeah. they can figure out the best way to do that. Right. Yeah, from I like the business perspective. I have a similar background um, in my in my real life, and there was two things that came across my mind. Is one, I think if the season pass is disappointing or it doesn't fit somebody's uh, style, they might not play the game for a month, and sometimes just not playing the game for a month could lose interest altogether, and you just don't pick it up afterwards, even if there's that crazy cool card that you wanted later on. If you had the power of choice every single month to choose the card that you want. It's kind of like Hearthstone expansions where you don't know what you're going to get and then you get something exciting. You're going to at least get one thing that's exciting if you get that pre-order bundle or whatever have you. With this, it's like, okay, I actually, I can't wait for the beginning of the month because I'm going to get that cool new card. You make the purchase and maybe even drop the week off, uh, uh, drop the game off in a week and then you pick it back up for that next season purchase because you're just excited to get that new card. And then in terms of, uh, oh, well, then people just won't get the other cards. They won't use tokens or money. Well, I think then there's going to be a, like a, a fear of missing out because now other people have them experiencing them, making content on them and you're going to see them and then you're going to want to, you know, pick up the tokens to get those cards because they're out in the space more. Whereas right now, dude, I, I, I only just, just saw Sauron like three days ago. Like literally I got the notification, brand new card. I couldn't believe it. And the other th- three I haven't seen yet. So it's just like, we got to make these exciting again. Cause right now it, it, I think it's a constant reminder of, uh, unfortunately a, a disappointment that they're inaccessible yeah i've only seen shadow king because i randomly opened him in a reserve right so like i haven't seen it oh really yeah congrats and, and i haven't played him and i don't think anybody's played against him. so uh, I, i'll give him a spin but uh just haven't haven't really needed to yet but um no i think it's interesting i i think i think this is a discussion that we seem to be having kind of every couple of weeks in a different way, right? The series five accessibility, they have reiterated. I think it was last week with the patch. They've reiterated like, you know, we know that we're, we're hearing you. We're, we're thinking about it. We're working on it. You know, they haven't given us the direction they want to go to make series five more accessible. I think they've talked more from like the, the standpoint of people that haven't finished series three, but I would hope they would do it just kind of 
holistically for the game of like, how can we make these a little more accessible while also like still getting their monetization, still getting their, you know, interaction with the game, etc. But I, I definitely think there's still work to be done. Um, one other thought I wanted to kind of put on the, this topic of season pass cards and stuff. I, I agree with you. You said something of kind of like, you know, we, we've had some less exciting season pass cards. When Thor first came out, Thor was not great. Thor has since been changed uh, and been made better. Nick Fury has not been changed and is still a bad <laughs> uh, And, you know, I paid for that. And uh, there were other cards that like Miles Morales and a couple other cards were like, People were less excited, but it kind of took some time and people kind of figured out how to use those cards more effectively, right? So I think we've kind of seen the full mixed bag because like you could look back, Wave being the very first one in the season passes was like, it's still a great card, right? And oh, works yeah. in so many decks. And so I think it's okay to have kind of like some months it's going to be a little stronger, some months it's going to be a little weaker, right? Like you can't have every card be like, you can't be calculated to be the exact same like goodness of a card i don't know how to say it right but like uh if you had some internal metric where you could say this card is like on a scale of one to ten is this like you can never have every card in the game be a five right and be exactly perfectly in the middle so i think there's going to be that variability and i think that's okay um and you know if they were like never put any cards that could be like meta defining then they're just never going to release cards because like any card can like shift the meta in series five or in a season pass so it's like some cards are gonna be better than other cards and that's just a card game right mm-hmm. yep yep and, and it raises the question of like uh do we want a healthy uh, game state or do we want to not regret our purchases do you want a balance versus compensation like it's a tricky situation because honestly i feel for both sides it sucks if you spent money on this and then in your return on that value isn't so great on that investment so but at the same time like to enjoy the game that you're you're willing to spend money on maybe these changes are necessary and that's just how it is but i guess speaking of the changes i don't know if it's time to segue into these uh we definitely uh, can yeah i I think it kind (laughs) of makes more sense here than than saving it for the end and and that is uh changes to the last two season pass cards this happened what like probably four or five hours ago uh at time of recording so very fresh in our minds um and that is changes to silver surfer and zabu so just really quickly to go over what those changes are silver surfer was a three cost zero power card that gave plus three power or on reveal plus three power to all of your three cost cards on the board and it is now a three cost two power card so two additional power with the ability on reveal plus two power to your three cost cards that are on the board so two power to silver surfer himself and minus one to the plus uh additional power to your three cost cards and then on the zabu side zabu was a three cost two power card that made your four cost cards uh, cost two less uh and minimum of one with a minimum of one cost and then it is now a two cost two power card that makes your four cost cards cost one less so they will cost three instead of two um these leaked a couple of days ago. I don't know if you saw this when this kind of leaked a couple of days ago. So like we were, I think we were pretty sure this was what it was going to be, but obviously you never know if they're going to pull the rug out from under us and, and make a last second change. But uh, the reality is Silver Surfer and Zabu have defined the meta for the last two months. And uh, not to say there haven't been, you know, it's I've had fun playing them, right? But also I've kind of got sick of playing against them and that being the only things that I'm playing against 
and uh, some some very difficult matchups. So how are you feeling about these changes and what do you think how do you think it'll impact the game and the meta currently? Praise Broad. <laughs> so glad that these changes have happened. You know, like it was just getting too repetitive and it just felt like it, maybe there's a couple decks at the top of the meta but they all kind of included a few of the same core cards so i was i was pretty over it at, at that point I, I, some people were even boycotting ladder almost until the changes were made um which respect to them i mean something kind of did have to happen and there you go i really appreciated it as well really quickly they had a nice post when they when they talked about the changes just kind of giving background to what goes into the you know making these changes it's not as simple as um well it's it seems to be winning a lot we're seeing it too frequently it's like a threshold and once a card exceeds that threshold they decide okay it's on the watch list and then they go from there and they're able to implement these really quickly uh, but i did see the leaks and uh and then they did uh you know fall out as planned and uh and and yeah i'm just here for it but what i like especially is that they're still both entirely vi viable they're sp still both great cards they're just not as crazy as they used to be um so i think there's still going to be surfer decks because that's still like plus two powers no joke across a bunch of cards like that's fantastic um and then zabu like man I, I i don't even know if it's all that bad because there's actually a few sneaky combinations that like you could do uh instead of running psylocke in your negative deck you use zabu and then you just turn two Zabu and then and turn three negative and then do whatever else you got to do. Like that's an option now. And then you don't get to do double ups, like the annoying Spider-Man absorbing combo. So that was like, you know, that had to, that had to go. <laughs> and it's yep. good. It's hopefully it's gone unless somebody wants to mystique their Zabu, then well, well, geez, that's, that's a tough spot. But for the most part, that one's tamed now. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually probably in the end, what I'm most excited for is to see what ends up on top now. Because I guess it's a bit open-ended. We don't know what who will reign in the meta. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, I'm interested to see that as well. I over the last couple of weeks since Battle Mode came out, I I've still played. I've completed my daily missions. I played on the ladder. Still tried to climb a little bit, but like, like you said, like I was kind of enjoying it less, and I was playing more Battle Mode as much as I could because I was enjoying that a ton, right? Because I was like, mm -hmm. I can play against my my siblings, my in-laws, my friends, you know, uh, people online, you know, from the community, etc. And that was just more enjoyable because it wasn't, everybody wasn't playing like a Zabu deck, right? And so it was kind of like, wow, more variety. Like, I haven't played against these kinds of decks in a while. And this is, this is great. And so I'm glad we've kind of had that mode to kind of hold us over the last couple of weeks before, <laughs> yeah, before they true. made this change. But uh, I, I'm glad the changes were made. Um, I've enjoyed, you know, playing with the cards, uh, but I haven't, you know, I have felt the pain that so many of us have felt kind of with the meta over the last couple of months. And we've kind of talked about this with season pass cards, but I want to address it here as well. There are people that are disappointed that they spent money on these last two months and mm. then they're changed. Right. And I think that's a valid feeling. It's okay. You know, to kind of feel upset that that happened. What I, what I have seen online, which I, I just want to give my take and, uh, I'm assuming you're going to feel the same way. I could be, you know, you could feel differently, but like I, I've seen this, you know, this discourse online where people say, essentially it's a conspiracy theory. Second dinner knew these cards were busted. They released them just so they uh. could get money. And then they were just waiting. They they already knew from the very beginning how they would change these cards. And they just been waiting to make the changes uh, to trick us all out of our money. And, you know, to basically screw everybody over. Right. 
And I do not think that's the case. I think that, uh, you know, I'm not a game developer and it is very complex to know every combination and know how things are really going to play out when you have thousands and hundreds of thousands of people playing this game, right? Or, you know, probably millions at this point. But um, I don't think they're all, you know, out to get us and to trick us. Because um, you can make the same argument about, like, other cards that have been changed. Like, oh, Devil Dino. Like, I, you know, I spent all this time to get through Pool 2 so I could get Devil Dino in the beta. And then he was changed and he's a bad card or you know, one of the classic debates is like, uh, I've, I've split this card five or six times and now it's not as good as it was, right? I split my leader 12 times and now leader's not as good or broken, right? And so people feel that like they've been duped or tricked and that's not, that's not what's happening. Yes, it can be disappointing and I, I want to validate that it's okay to feel disappointed that, you know, the card you like playing with is now different or that you spent money on and you don't feel like you got, you're, you're having the same value you used to. But I, I just want to make sure that people don't really think that, you know, Second Dinner is out to get us all and to lie to us, right? Oh, my gosh. I couldn't agree more. It is, it's kind of wild. I even saw people talk about that when the leader nerf uh, happened because people had saved their thousand tokens or whatever to get leader and they just got it and then it got nerfed and they were upset about that. And it's like, well, where do you draw the line? Like, do we just want changes to never happen and the game to just melt away? Like, I don't know. I, I just keep preaching, like, be careful with your spending. Like, you just got to have to assume that at any time, any card could get changed and, and then just go into your purchases with that in mind and you'll be safe. Like, the, there's really nothing else you can do in this type of video game. Um, I, I'm hoping you're spending the money because you're enjoying the game, not just because you want to get these cards. And and I don't know, you can't win a multiplayer card game. Like <laughs> there's no end game. So <laughs> I, I don't know, It's I, I find it a bit silly. So I, I understand the frustration, um, but not necessarily like calling out the team for, um, you know, manipulating these cards to be overpowered just so that they can nerf it later after you spend money um apologies my cat uh <laughs> but uh, yeah i think it's a bit ridiculous like nick fury would have something to say with that even um modok would have something to say that where are we are we, are we claiming that modok's gonna get nerfed in a month's time <laughs> i don't think so it doesn't seem like it so yeah yeah i couldn't agree more yeah so um i, I think that they've I've come to really trust secondary. I think they've done a great job at listening to the community. I think they're going to understand that people are disappointed. And I think they, you know, took their time to make these changes because they understood the impact, like that mental and emotional impact this would have on people who have spent money. Um, and so <laughs> I think they're going to take that into account going forward and just, they're going to do their best, right? They're going to do their best to release cards in the best state they can, uh, you know, and so that cards don't have to get changed as much, right? The reality is there's, still going to be cards that are going to get changed. So um, uh, just kind of closing back to what one of the other things you said, um, I'm just curious, do you have any um, guesses like this season playing on the ladder? Like what are the top one or two things are, you know, decks we're going to see that are going to take place? I'm assuming it's going to be things that already exist. It's just going to be, they're going to kind of shift up in prominence. Yeah, it's interesting because we had such a crazy uh, meta shift when there was a surfer decks and then the rise of leader leech came into promise to kind of counter that deck and then that got nerfed and then it seemed like Zabu and, and surfer decks were at the top and now they're nerfed. So it's like, what is left 
to take the throne. I'm actually leaning, it's unfortunate, it's a Series 5 card, but it feels very strong every time I play it, is uh, a Thanos uh, deck. Seems to perform pretty well uh, when you actually, I know it's even more RNG, but when you mix it with Lockjaw, you get the cycles going. It can be nasty. I find yeah. I end up pulling out some wins pretty frequently. Um, so I feel like that's going to be one of the top ones. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to see soon a Cerebro Surfer deck, something along those lines with Brood and um, Surfer now being a two power. Like, I feel like that's going to become pop a powerhouse. Off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a matter of time. I feel like people are not going to use Surfer right now just because, but it, that, that might rise. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, there, you know, there's the Cerebro 2, like, uh, cult out there, right? And so, uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just know that some people swear by that is the deck, right? And so. This, oh, yeah, I've seen them out in the streets. They wear these helmets over their face with yeah, big X. <laughs> you yeah, gotta exactly. look out. <laughs> exactly. So, I definitely, I definitely could see some Cerebro 2. Uh, I did crack out a Thanos deck today. Uh, and so I've, I've mm -hmm. actually been playing that. And so I, I'd agree there. I think, I think there's more to be kind of seen. With some of these other things more balanced, uh, I think we'll see Thanos be a little bit better than it has been, right? Um, I also still think like Shuri Zero, right, where you're just like, oh yes, uh, canceling out negative effects, getting big cards on the board, like that is powerful. That obviously worked with Zabu uh, and made it even more powerful. So that kind of brings that down, but I still think it has kind of a spot there near the top where it has a high power level, right? Mm -hmm. um, yep. I don't actually have Shuri yet. Shuri is my pin card, right? pinned card right oh. now, and I am like a thousand tokens away. So, um, I am excited to to jump on the Shuri train uh, as soon as possible. Oh, it's such a good card. I've had a lot of fun with that one. I, another one that just came to mind uh, that has always been good for me, but I think this might be a really good opportunity for it is uh, the Death Pool kind of deck with with Deadpool and Death and getting a bunch of those because I find armor's kind of fallen out of grace. I don't see it nearly teched in as much as I used to when it was in the leader deck or the uh, ongoing uh, destroyer deck that was kind of popular early uh, December. So I don't see uh, armor as much. It might be a good opportunity to whip that one out and get the Deadpool going. And with the latest um, changes to Wolverine, I mean, that's a great addition to that deck, right? Um, yeah, it really Because wherever Wolverine goes, you throw down Deadpool again and you keep destroying both of them and just keep buffing buffing them both, right? Yeah, and there's been so many locations recently that have been uh, benefiting Destroy. I always kind of laugh. I try to highlight the locations and then I happen to just be showing a, de a Destroy deck again. And it's probably got Deadpool in it and like Altar of Death was one. Um, even, even the most recent one was, you know, kind of good for destroy decks a little bit. Um, was it the sacred timeline? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The last, uh, the last two months, it felt like the kind of the destroy months as far as location. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the locations seem to be of a different flavor this month. Hey all, I wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about MarvelSnapZone.com. Marvel Snap Zone is a one-stop shop for everything Marvel Snap on the internet. They have new articles nearly every day that cover deck building, strategy, card breakdowns, etc. They have a great collection tracker tool and a decklist builder that works off of that collection tracker so that you can know what decks you can build with your current card collection. 
They have guides and deck lists for all level players and all collection level players. Make sure to go to marvelsnapzone.com and check it out now. Um, which I think is a good segue. Let's let's actually talk locations and, and talk the new location this week, which is the sacred timeline. Uh, I was we were talking before, and I was trying to. I was thinking it was the secret timeline. I'm like, no, that's not right. Uh, <laughs> uh, the sacred timeline. Um, and so this location, the first person to fill this location gets a copy of their starting hand. And we always try to, when, when we kind of do these location breakdowns, we always try to point out kind of the nuances here. So, uh, just like mm-hmm. some other locations where it says the first one to fill it, if you both fill it on the same turn, you both get the effect. Um, also you get a copy of the starting cards in your hand, but if those cards have been buffed at all, you get the buffed versions of those cards. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. So, yes. That's neat. So, if you play, like, Bast on turn one, yeah. and you buff those other two cards that were in your starting hand, then when you fill out that location, you will get those cards with the buffs as well. Or if you've, like, buffed wow. something on the board, and you get a copy of it, you get it with the buffs that you got from, like, Ironheart or something else. Um, oh, okay. That's neat. Yeah. I didn't come across that. And so, that's a little interesting. And I, I'm like, it's kind of one of those things, I'm like, is that working as intended? Or, you know, because <laughs> you would think it would be like a copy of how they were at the beginning of the game, right? Your opening hand, how it was. Um, but that's actually made my Bast negative deck, right? Where I have like a Bast negative Silver Surfer deck. Uh, I was playing earlier today before the changes to Silver Surfer. Still, obviously, it's still probably a pretty decent deck to play, but... Um, that was the first thing that kind of like was like this aha, like, whoa, like if I uh, if I buff my cards and I fill that location, then I get copies of those buffed cards. Right. Um, so interesting. So I want to turn it over to you. What, what are your thoughts on this location? I, I feel like we've had some kind of crazier ones in the last couple of months. And how are you feeling this compares to some of the other featured new locations? I, I think this one's just fine. I don't think it's going to frustrate anyone like some of the past featured locations have. Like I haven't seen any crazy Reddit posts or complaints about like when will this end? <laughs> the secret timeline is going on too long. Now it, it seems fine. It's kind of passable almost, right? Because sometimes the cards you're dealt just from drawing aren't good enough to win the game. You don't necessarily need to get an, another re- reload per se from your opening hand. Uh, so that's not so bad. Um, another thing, a couple things that I noticed, I guess it's a little bit more obvious, but like, um, I don't know why, but I thought four cards was the opening hand, but that's actually because you're drawing one right off the hop. So it's really just three. So you're getting three. So I noticed like if I'm trying to win the location, it's important to kind of only have at least like, or uh, at most four cards in my hand or three so that I actually get max value of getting that opening hand back or else you're just not going to have enough uh, to receive the value. And then also like collector, I was messing around with collector cause he's going to get the buff, but he only gets the three. So it's not even all that great. So like overall, I think it was okay. I, I like, even when I won the location, I don't feel like that ultimately swung the game and it's your opening hand, right? It's, it's random. You don't even know what you're going to draw. Maybe it's not the cards you really wanted to have duplicated. Um, so I like that the location is in the game. Like it, it creates a little mini quest. I actually appreciate those a lot. The raft, while random and a bit swingy, I like the fact that you try to race to to win the location. That's a fun little mini quest that's built in. Yeah. Um, Uh, So I'm having fun with it. I enjoy the raft as well, you know, but I always seem to get that zero cost destroyer, uh, you know, to (laughs) like, great, now I have this and uh, I'm not going to play it. But um, 
No, no, I agree with you. I, I like the, the locations that kind of create some kind of interaction that you're like, should I play around this? Should I go for this because of the extra bonus I get? Um, but so far in any of my games, it hasn't been like game defining for either me or my opponent, right? Which I like. Yeah. I, I think that's yeah. a good balance. Not to say that like, oh, I got that one extra card and I'm going to play it. That's nice because I got two copies of that card. But at least with the decks I've played it with, maybe there's a deck that's like super good with it that I just haven't realized yet. It's like I get the copies of those cards, but a lot of them it's like I don't have enough energy to play them a second time uh, on like a later turn once I fill that location. Like turn five, turn six, I don't like I already have other cards I want to play to like play into my strategy. Or I'm playing like a lot of discard with Modoc having just come out and it's just like, okay, I get get a couple extra discards. You know, maybe I have Morbius on the on the board to get that extra buff or not, but like uh, it doesn't it's not really doing anything for me, right? But for good or for bad. So Two Modocs. Yeah. <laughs> Value. Yeah. yeah. Profit. I, I think it's interesting because uh, you're like shooting to fill that location, which is similar to um, the raft, right? But the raft, it's like there's been times where I'm willing to like not play into that location ideally to like get that extra card because I think it may benefit me. Where this one, I'm not like playing so heavy into it. Like I have to win and I'm going to like play suboptimally and like probably lose that location to get the bonus. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. That's a really good point. I find the raft can create some really interesting scenarios where maybe my opponent starts playing absolute garbage there, like like even playing the hood without no means to destroy it mm -hmm. and just crazy stuff like that just to get that free card, um, almost buying me an easy location win, and then I just have to focus my efforts elsewhere. And then, like you said, maybe they got Destroyer or maybe they got something really silly. Because zero, co zero cost uh, six drops are probably on average, if we looked at them all, good. But a lot of the six drops, they, they're mo mostly about synergy. Like even if you got Odin, if you're not running on reveals, then it's not going to do a whole lot for you, etc. Like there's still, you know, good power to energy ratio there. But um like, I don't know, it does in involve in some interesting scenarios, whereas this one is just, it's just whatever. I just passable. I'm, I'm the same as you. I haven't really seen it swing any games, um, but I'm totally fine with it. I like it. Yeah. Um, these There's going to be some other locations this month that look kind of crazy, though. They're going to be pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, there, there are some spicy ones on the horizon. So, again, we talk about this every week uh, and kind of that mentality. Is this going to be the longest 48 hours of our life? Uh, with the featured location. I don't think that's the case this week. I think we can uh, say this is a thumbs up. We're not going to be you know, scratching at the walls uh, tomorrow uh, where this location just seems like it's never going to end. So I think it's good. I, you know, for better or for worse, I like the crazy ones too, right? And with the structure they yeah. set out is every time they have a new location, they are featuring it. So it's not like they're going to ever throw a crazy one and we're not going to get it featured, if you know what I mean. So like, yeah, sometimes we're going to have crazy ones. Sometimes we're not. Uh, I like the balance, even though there are there's been some days, you know, with like where I just I'm ready to never play Marvel Snap again. Right. For for like a couple of hours. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think they're doing a good job with the locations. So I got to ask you then, are you thumbs up pro featured location 48 hours or are you thumbs down? Where do you lie on those? in general the mechanic um so this is maybe an interesting take that people won't agree with 
but I think I prefer the 48 hours for the new featured location more so than I like the hot locations on Saturday, Sundays for 24 hours. 100%. Because 100%. For me, it's like a new location. And sometimes we're all trying to figure out how to play with this and we're trying new things. And I like that kind of meta shift of like, let me try things. Sometimes it goes a little too far. And, you know, if you don't have certain cards and everybody's like got those cards and they're playing some super awesome deck that's super good with Altar of Death or Lamentus One or uh, The Peak, right? Some of these ones that have been a little more crazy, um, then that can feel frustrating. But I think for the most part, it's felt fun and I try something new. And so it stretches me. It makes me play something different. I like that. And 48 hours kind of goes by. The 24 hours with the hot locations on Saturday, Sunday, it's a location we already know. And then it's just like, okay, everybody already knows how to play into this one. And I know what I'm going to see. Like this last weekend with, um, uh, what was it called? Um, The one that doubles the ongoing effects. Um, Oh, Onslaught Citadel. Yeah, Onslaught Citadel. It's like, okay, everybody's going to be playing like just ongoing or they're going to be playing uh, Enchantress, right? And it's kind of like less of a surprise, less stretching. It's just like, okay let's crack out that one deck right so i'm I'm okay with the 48 hours is the short of it right i I think it's okay i'm totally on board with everything you just said i have the exact same feelings about the features and the hot locations and to add to that too the hot locations is i feel (laughs) it's almost lazy but i just don't feel like putting up the effort of building it deck for that location when i know it's going to be gone by the night like i'm <laughs> just like oh whatever whereas the featured location it's like oh, two days of my snapping i got to deal with this so like okay i will you know stretch my brain here and try and figure out what what's a good deck for this and, and have some fun with it and th- and just like you said it's new content in the game yeah. i want to experience it to its fullest um so i'm going to enjoy it while i can because i don't know when this will be a hot location and when it is i probably won't even care so yeah <laughs> yeah i feel the exact same way I mean, I, I think you've seen this with your own content, but I've seen this with a lot of the other content creators. Like, everybody's there Monday, Tuesday, like, streaming. Let's try out the new location. Let's try out a new deck, right? Like, people want to see that content. I don't see a lot of people going live Saturday night, like, let's hit up that hot location. And, like, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Everybody jump in here to watch, right? Uh, it's just, it's not something yep. that's, like, uh, kind of drawing in that excitement of a new card, new location, right? So, So true. Uh, well, awesome. Um, we are just kind of coming here to the end of our time, but I just had one more thought. One thing I just, I don't want to go super far into this because I know we could talk about it for a while, but I just want you to kind of give a quick one minute breakdown of what you're doing over on your YouTube with kind of the, uh, the custom card breakdowns, because I've really enjoyed watching those and I don't think you brought that up on the podcast. So maybe just give a little shout out about what you're doing with those and what you've done with those in the past. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, It's been a wild ride. A lot of my content ideas in general have been completely community driven, just like people suggesting. I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And very early on, I just for fun, I think I made The Boys, you know, the show The Boys. Uh, I made custom cards for it. This was like in July, maybe or August, just as a fun little free time thing. And uh, and I remember somebody uh, followed and they and they reached out to me and they're like, hey, this is really cool. There should be more custom card stuff in Snap because it's so open. It's a great card a card game to make custom 
in custom cards. And I was like, okay, cool. So then I just started doing a little bit of it. And then and then more people were interested and they were like, what if we could do this weekly and people could submit the cards? And I was like, okay, sure. So now it's just become this weekly challenge and I can't believe the growth. We got a, a Discord, the Berryverse I call it, and we're almost at a thousand members, which is unbelievable to me. And the weekly challenge, I used to filter on my Sundays through like, I don't know, like between 10 and 50 submissions. It's getting to like, I'd say close to 300 now. It's crazy the amount of submissions cards. And I only picked 10 in a week. It's it's almost, I need like a team now at this point. It's, yeah. it's been wild. <laughs> but it's but it's honestly, it's so much fun. And the creativity is through the roof. I don't know if you've seen some of them, Michichael, but like the artwork people put yeah. into these and no, stuff they're, they're and the great. ideas. Holy blows my mind like they're putting full-blown photoshop even video effects animations it's it's unbelievable i really hope out of all my content i honestly don't care if team secondary ever sees my content but i hope they see some of this custom card stuff just so that they can get some of the ideas and you know just see what their community's uh, building because it's really cool <laughs> that's awesome thanks for sharing that and you know i say this every week but we do know that you know everybody at second dinner they all get together every week in a conference room <laughs> and they listen to the podcast together so it's true you know as they're listening to this right now you know they're they're gonna come check out all of those cards and and pull some ideas so well <laughs> well drewberry thank you so much again for being on the podcast and uh kind of talking about some of these harder topics you know uh, you know again we know that there's kind of some disappointment this week um and there's there's pros and cons right but hopefully i think it you know we're gonna be in a better state going forward i think the the future of Marvel Snap is still bright, and, and I think Second Dinner is taking the game in a good direction. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I always love coming on this podcast. It's still my favorite one to listen to all the time. Uh, so I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Michael. Yep. Listeners, as always, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to go follow us on Twitter at can't underscore stop underscore snap. Let us know your thoughts on the topics for today. Uh, and if you are listening to this on a podcasting platform, if you would do us the favor to please uh, rate the podcast uh, so more people can find the podcast and if you are listening to this on the Marvel Snap Zone YouTube channel make sure you are subscribed you like the video and you leave a comment so that we can get some more engagement and get more people finding the podcast thank you for listening and we will catch you in the next episode Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast written recorded produced and hosted by Michael Thurman. Thanks for listening.